Brought to you by the Appleseed. It's like a regular episode. Only shorter. We call them bites. Thanks for joining us for an Appleseed Bite, a mini episode of the show. Just a single story, just a few minutes long, in case you've only got a few minutes and you want to fill those few minutes with some great storytelling. And we've got a Sheila Arnold story coming up for you. We want to remind you, of course, that we bring you these Appleseed Bites a few times a week in preparation for our Thursday full hour-long episode drop. And this Thursday's full hour-long episode filled with stories for you and your family is going to feature a terrific performance by the Reverend Robert B. Jones, the Detroit storyteller and musician. He's going to bring us a piece called Song for Arnesia, a tribute to his grandmother that will make you think of how you might want to pay tribute to your own. It's a lovely piece, and you won't want to miss it. That's coming up on Thursday. In the meantime, I'm pleased to be joined by our audio engineer, Carly Robinson. Carly, it's great to have you with me. Hi, Sam. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about this Sheila Arnold story. Yeah, this is a story called We Hold the Rope, mm-hmm. and it's really beautiful. Honestly, as I was listening to it, um, it's a story about two brothers, mm. and I think it's really about finding yourself and who you are in your surroundings. Mm. Which is so hard for us, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we, yeah. We, we spend a lot of time looking for ourselves, don't we? Definitely. <laughs> so keep an eye out for that as you hear the story of when the two brothers, they each have a moment where they find their own self, and yeah. it's, it's really great. The story, again, is called We Hold the Rope, and we're happy to bring it to you as today's Appleseed Bite. leaving and I will be my own man, the young man yelled at the elders in the hut. I will make my own way and people will see me. The young man's eyes seemed to have darts coming from them as he looked at his older brother who stood with head bowed and arms to his side at the back of the hut. We do not want to stop you from leaving, spoke the elders. We only ask for you to wait until the rains have gone no more than two months. No, I will not wait. I want to be my own man now. I want people to know that I too am great and I too am to be honored that I am not just the younger brother. Only wait so we can send you with the words of introduction to other villagers. I don't need your words, the young man's eyes flashed. I will make my own way. I can fight and hunt as well. I am gone. And with that, the young man walked out. The elders turned to the older brother who shook his head in exasperation and sadness. And as the older brother followed, his younger one out of the hut, neither the elders nor he said anything. In their own hut, the younger brother collected the things he would need, rope, knife, herbs for injuries, dried fruit, a pack for his back with collected things to exchange. The older brother said nothing. When the younger brother was done, he looked at his brother anything to say? The older brother was quiet. I thought not. Now that I have determined my own steps, you have no words. All your words are about and for you. Brother, only wait until the rain is gone. The younger brother scoffed and the older brother went on. Have I done something to you? Done something to me? No, brother. You have never done anything for me except leave me a shadow to try and breathe in. The older brother was quiet. See, even you know it is true. There was a silence that seemed to stretch over years. Then suddenly the younger brother said, There's nothing else. And he went out the door, walking at a fast clip. When the younger brother left, the older brother paced their hut back and forth slowly. 
He had been pacing for two hours, lost in thought, when he heard the heavens open up and the heavy rains fell. He could see this was a blinding rain, and he knew it was only the start of the rainy season. It would soon let up to breathe and then return harder. The older brother began to gather his own things. When the rain stopped an hour or so later, the older brother ran out the door. He looked behind only once and saw the elders in front of their communal hut, standing, watching, and slowly nodding their heads. He quickly returned his focus to the ground in front of him. He was acknowledged as the best of trackers, but the rain had lost all prints of his brothers. He leaned over the side of cliffs and yelled down, Brother! Brother! There was no answer. He climbed some of the trees with denser foliage, but was not rewarded with his brother hiding in them. He peered into darkened caves and called, Brother! Brother! But again, no answer. What have I done? thought the brother. Am I the cause of this great anger? Does he not know how well he is regarded because he is my brother? This thought pierced his heart. That was the point exactly. He had been all about himself. The older brother came to the place where the great boars were captured. He carefully made his way to each of the large pit traps and called down, Brother! Brother! But no answer from any of them. Then he came to the biggest trap, his trap. He smiled, remembering the great boar he had pulled from this pit. It was larger than any had seen in many years. In piercing the boar in the pit, the boar had fought hard and had lost. He had brought the boar up from the deep hole after wrapping ropes around it and then carried it home on his broad shoulders. Oh, how the women danced around him that night, offering him whispers of what they would give. Many a home wanted him as their son-in-law at that moment, and he reveled in their admiration, leaving only a shadow behind for someone to follow in. His smile disappeared, and his brow furrowed. This was who he had become, a man too big for anyone to be seen beside. He yelled down the pit, Brother! Brother! Nothing. The older brother sat back on his haunches and yelled to the heavens, Brother! Brother! And he heard it faintly. I am here. The older brother turned to his belly onto the ground and yelled, Brother! It is me. I will send down rope. No. My leg will not move. Leave me here. Never. I will come get you. Although hearing the weak protest of the younger, the older brother began to work. He tied the rope around a nearby tree and made sure the knots were secure. He threw the rope down the pit and climbed down. I don't deserve to be rescued. Leave me here, the younger brother said, turning his face aside. The older brother turned the younger's face until they were eye to eye and said, I don't deserve to be your brother. Let us go home. The older brother lifted the younger and placed him upon his back. Hold on. Then slowly, the older brother climbed hand over hand. It was a slow climb with the extra weight. And they had not gone far before the heavens again opened and the rains poured down, much worse than before. 
Their climb slowed again with mud rushing down into the pit, getting into the older brother's eyes. No matter how the younger brother wiped it away, the mud continued. A crack ripped through the sky and the lightning was almost blinding. Then the rope became slack and the brothers were going back down. Try as they might to grab the sides of the pit or stray roots, they were falling fast. Had the lightning hit the tree and the rope lifted off? Then suddenly the rope tightened. The brothers did not move. What if the rope was caught on only a rock? If they were to move, they would certainly fall hard to the pit. And in this rain, they would not be found. Then they heard it. We hold the rope. It was an elder. And the rope began to slowly be brought up. The brothers could imagine the frail arms with the rope wrapped around them as they pulled, showing the veins and arteries under the strain. They could see those hands wrinkled with time, but with just enough strength to work in community and pull up a rope. When the brothers reached the top, two of the elders reached out and took the younger brother and pulled him over the top. Then, with a surge of near impossible energy for their age, they pulled up the older brother. Many years later, the younger brother's nephew looked up to his uncle and said, Why do the elders have burns on their arms? Because the elders hold our rope, said the younger brother. And as he picked up his nephew and set him on his shoulder, as one day... I will hold the rope for you. We Hold the Rope, a story told for you by Sheila Arnold. A lot of people see Sheila Arnold on stage in character as people from history. She does these wonderful in-character Histories Alive presentations. And of course, she also stands on stage and in classrooms in front of audiences of all kinds telling stories like the one that you heard. Stories filled with kind of the richness of uh, learning and education and message. And it was a real delight to hear that. A lot of people call her Miss Sheila. A lot of people know her as Miss Sheila. In fact, that's the name of her website, MsSheila.org. If you want to learn more about Sheila's work, you can find it there. It's been my pleasure not only to listen to this story with you, but also with our audio engineer, Carly Robison. Carly, a pleasure to listen to that tale. Thanks for bringing it to us. Of course. And where does that story take you? You know, you talked uh, before the story began about the notion of kind of finding yourself, uh, discovering who you are exactly. as one of the messages of a story like this. And, and, and now after having heard the story, where does it take you? You know, I grew up the youngest of five, so I think <laughs> I can definitely understand how the youngest brother feels because I had a sister who's really great at piano, so I didn't really want to do piano, and I had a sister who's really great at school, and so I had to kind of find my own thing, you know, my yeah. identity, what I was going to be known for. And it's easy in families to be grouped into one area and they just compare you to your siblings. And so I could definitely feel with the brother here in the beginning when he says, I just want to be known as my own man. Sure. And he leaves. Um, but something I love about family in this story is even though the older brother might have been hurt by this, he goes after him immediately. He mm. starts to go and find his brother because he knows he's going to be in trouble from the rains. Mm. Well, you... Uh 
talk about, you know, being the youngest of five. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody's already great at sports. <laughs> somebody's already great at school, you know, and looking for a way to kind of distinguish yourself. Sure. Is there, I mean, there's a, you got a lot of life ahead of you yet, but, <laughs> but is there, has, have there been moments, has there been something that you've discovered where you thought, you know, this is kind of my, this is the, this is kind of my thing. This feels like me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, Eventually, I was able to get into dance really competitively, mm. and that was something that one of my older sisters did too. But that doesn't mean, you know, we can't both be great. And I think that's something that they realize here in the story with the brothers too, is that yeah. you don't have to be totally different to be good. A pleasure to listen to that story again with Carly and with you. And uh, we want to remind you that coming up on Thursday's episode of the show, that, of course, is a full hour-long episode of The Appleseed. And it features a lot of fun stuff, uh, an audio drama in which we get to meet kind of a magical, fictional uh, Winston Churchill, of all people. And also, we get to hear a terrific performance from the wonderful storyteller and musician, uh, the Reverend Robert B. Jones, with a tribute to his grandmother called Song for Arnesia. You won't want to miss it. I'm Sam Payne, and I can't wait to be with you again on The Appleseed. Thanks for joining us. For a bite! Brought to you by The Appleseed. <laughs>